Studio 6B on a Tuesday night, November 14th, 8 p.m. on the East Coast, Real America's Voice. Glad you're in. Lots to talk about tonight. David Zia, sitting to my left, is going to have some news. Rick Delgado, sitting to my right, is going to have some news as well. Slick Rick, of course, has got sports. Slickster, how are you? I'm doing great, Big D. Very good. How was your day today? Good day today. Real good day. Got a lot done. Rocking and rolling. All right. Excellent. As always. Anything uh, anything good coming up in sports tonight? Well, yeah. They made an arrest with that uh, former NHL player that was yeah. uh, killed in game action. So we're oh. going to talk about that tonight. And uh, a couple other stories. We got uh, Colorado hiker found uh, with his dogs yeah. with him. That was another amazing story out of Breitbart. And uh, Hall of Fame NHL was announced. And it's got a little New York spin on it. Okay. Famous goalie good. there for the uh, Rangers. All right. Very good. Mr. Zier, how are you today? I'm wonderful. Thank you for asking. Anything um, besides Biden making sure that he could perpetuates and uh, does everything he can to help Iran and Hamas with the $10 billion that he uh, did the waiver for, we talked about last night. Anything else catch your eye today in the news? Uh, yeah, there's a lot. Jenna Ellis saying Trump didn't want to give up power, but he did. So what's the point of it all? <laughs> I tweeted this before. It's like, you know, it's like that's like saying, you know, once I thought I could be Superman and I was going to jump off the Empire State Building, but then I decided it wasn't that great of an idea. Yeah. And I didn't do it. So guess what? I'm alive. He left. January 20th, 2021. He was gone. So who yeah. cares about what they bantered around or if they did or if anyone believes her anyways? It's so stupid. Yeah, it is. I got some funny videos for you guys tonight. And, um, you know, New York loses 10 billionaires uh, to other states, including Florida recently um, and other news. So Ken Griffin leaves. Um, I don't know if it was New York or I think he was maybe in Chicago. Big billionaire. Ken Griffin Citadel moves to Florida because, of course, he wants to be free during COVID. Because it's the only, one of the only places you could go. Uh, because of DeSantis' leadership down there in the whole state, we know what happened back then during those years. We were covering the difference between it. And C- Ken, said, uh, Ken Griffin, today we find out, is thinking about backing, <laughs> thinking about backing Nikki Haley. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean. He's been an anti-Trumper for a long why time. Why didn't you move to North Car- uh, South Carolina then? Not, not that he has to back who he, the place he moved, but it just does that make any sense to anybody? You, you know what was upsetting? I watched the GameStop documentary and, uh, you know, his role in that. And it was pretty disturbing. A lot of people got hurt. I mean, did you see Nikki Haley today? I believe it was on Fox News. She went to give some interviews. She gives this. Did you see this uh, This thing she said? <laughs> about uh, immigrants and uh, how, how? No, about social media. Social media. Social media. I didn't she, wants to, she wants to comb through everybody's social media in the country and expose their real identity to America. Oh, we have the clip. Let's yeah. wow. roll, roll this. This is unbelievable. Roll that. When I get into office, the first thing we have to do, social media accounts, social media companies, they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's first of all, it's a national security threat. When you do that, all of a sudden, people have to stand by what they say, and it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots, and the Chinese bots. And then you're going to get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say. Accountability. And they know their pastor and their family member is going to see it. It's going to help our kids, and it's going to help our country. That is an appalling, an appalling <laughs> idea. Wow. Unconstitutional, that's... but yeah. more than that, well, it's not more than that. that. That's probably number one. Number two, it's just an appallingly... Um, stupid idea. Yeah, it, it's on par with uh, Kathy Hochul 
of New York. Did you yeah. see what she said yeah. about uh, social media? Yeah, social media. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to uh, start. Uh, we're we're going to start combing through because we're collecting all this uh, all this uh, information, and then we're going to start to see who's saying what and expose them. It's like, wait. That's uh, that's uh, that's uh, that's not right. They that's, already did it during that's COVID and constitutional and that's, for gun that's purchases. That's the law. Yeah, New York totally she abuses care that. She's a little tyrant, <laughs> and that's how they want to. That's how they want to control people. Yeah. So I mean, that is an jail. appalling idea of hers. Yeah. And, th- and and there's the people on that show, whatever show that is, outnumbered. I, I happen to like Harris Faulkner most of the time. Oh yeah, sounds good. She's like, oh yes, yeah. so put their name next to what? What? <laughs> Yeah, I've, I have problems with Harris Faulkner, um, you know, once in a while. So uh, it, that's pretty disturbing here. And it goes to Haley has a little bit of a disconnect with people. Trump is like a person of the people. He likes the contract of the everyday guy. Haley is not really that person. And um, I mean, yeah. she might be up there with Dick Cheney, warmonger uh, like level. Like she might be, like I said, if she was, this was 2004, she might be the perfect candidate or whatever. But She's right up there with, uh, I mean, she, that is, you know what I'm saying? That is unbelievable. And, and by the way, even on the algorithm thing, we're going to, we're forcing private companies now to, uh, <laughs> we're going to, what the government's picking winners and losers and what everybody's doing. I mean, what, how does anybody take any, either one of those statements yeah. and not just bash their head against the wall and not think, huh? Oh, wow. That's, that's very Klaus Schwabish of you. Uh, to, yeah. to want to have that much control over people. Uh, I'm going to say a uh, hard pass on, on Nikki Haley. She's a globalist, and she's showing herself to be one. Not only did you see what she said about the, the immigration thing. You know, oh, we should let uh, immigration uh, be dictated by businesses, and they can they can pick who they want. It's so they, crazy. It's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? But that's what's going on now. Right. The big corporate companies want they, they want, want, the want migrant labor, labor so right. that's the, the problem in a nutshell. And, and they want to push the uh, the higher priced American workers out on, uh, on the street. Look at the meat packing plants, the lettuce pickers, you know, and the whole thing. It's amazing. And it's okay to have seasonal migration and migrant workers. That's country. We always did that. You know, they came in and they went home. Right. But that's not what's going on at all. So um, Steve McCann today had a piece. And I thought this was an interesting piece because we're, we, we, especially as we headed to 2024, obviously everything is so overanalyzed and analyzed by the second. Every poll is looked at by the second. What's going on right this second? Everybody's analyzing what's going to happen in Iowa, what's going on with every poll. Everybody's just, we're always obviously focused on this hyper, um, you know, kind of right now at the moment. And Steve McCann today in The American Thinker makes the point of saying, Let, let's not lose track of the fact that, that the, um, the 2024 election is a year away in this country and the political landscape in America is going to look much, much different. Uh, than it does today. And he, and he makes the point of saying the current polling, which obviously is focused on which candidate uh, for president is winning right at this very second, and all the punditry that goes with that is somewhat meaningless because over the next 12 months, there'll be, there's going to be a significant increase in voter dissatisfaction due to, well, unabated crime still running rampant in all of our cities, illegal immigration, uh, seismic shifts in the economy, foreign affairs, and then we've talked about the uh, the Jewish vote and some of the seismic tectonic shifts I think we're going to see there as well. And he says, you know, this is all of this put together is going to dramatically affect the fortunes of both parties uh, and their candidates. 
Um, a September 2023 poll revealed that just 28% of Americans believe the U.S. political system is working extremely or somewhat well. Additionally, 65% of respondents indicated that they are dissatisfied with the candidates running for president. As another recent poll exposed that just 33% of Americans uh, have a favorable view of Joe Biden. It, it's, we know it's not even that high. 29% have a favorable view of Donald Trump. When combined with 76% of Americans believing the country's heading in the wrong direction, the darkly negative outlook of the citizenry will not improve over the next 12 months as there's virtually nothing indicating any kind of sea change in the nation's uh, fortunes or politics. In fact, an adjudicated view of the immediate future reveals ever-darkening dark clouds. The economy is currently being propped up by unprecedented government expenditures. We see what's happening now in the Republican Party with a clean CR being passed. So there, there's nobody serious. The Republicans once again prove themselves to be really just absolutely useless here. Just absolutely useless keeping spending at Pelosi levels. Uh, combined with, obviously, as we have modest growth, most people think we still have a chance to go into recession next year. And the current level of spending, as we all know, and we've talked about in this show, is unsustainable. I don't care what Janet Yellen tells us. I don't care what, what the Federal Reserve Chairman tells us. Um, we cannot continue to spend the way we're spending. Uh, this decline is inevitable due to household debt has now reached $17.28 trillion. Let me say that again. Total household debt in this country has now reached an unheard of $17.28 trillion. That is equivalent to the annual gross domestic product, the GDP of China. Real incomes, as we know, have continually De uh, deteriorated due to obviously 9.2% inflation at one point. And as we found out today in the CPI, uh, it's still running at about 4% headline. Core came down a little bit, still running almost double to what the Federal Reserve uh, wants. Many families have been forced to borrow, to spend savings down, spending up, credit card bills up, bankruptcies, loans, credit applications, delinquencies are all skyrocketing in this country. Uh, the wealth of Americans, if you've been lucky to even find any wealth or, or save any wealth, is being rapidly depleted. That will continue over the next 12 months. And the Biden administration thinks that they can just prop this economy up by spending. And obviously the Republicans think they can just play along from what we've seen today. You know, you just have out-of-control fiscal policy in this country. And, and it's just a matter of what's going to crack first. What is going to crack first? You see, if you, if you follow some of this financial stuff like I do, long-term U.S. Treasury bonds, uh, these sales that the government are doing are not going swimmingly. They're having a hard time convincing investors to buy long-term U.S. Treasury bonds. Yep. Because you have to commit to uh, significantly higher rates with each auction. Have you followed any of the numbers out of these? Uh, and they're really bad. Yeah. They're yeah. really bad. You think about the payments on the debt. We're running a trillion, $2 trillion deficits every year. The payments and interest on the debt's going to exceed a trillion dollars a year. So his point being that 12 months out, 
right where we are right now may mean something, but it doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot because things certainly, if you had a tip to scales, are going to tip to scales to continually get, I would say, much worse on all levels before November of next year. Uh, Damon, if I could just add, um, I think that personal household debt is up from like 16 trillion just like a year ago. It's really accelerating. Uh, yeah, well, there. how could it not be, right? I mean, think yeah. about what people have to do to just survive. And, and it was at historic levels last year. Yeah. These are all-time highs. They keep hitting and hitting and hitting. It's, it's binomics, basically. You know, and, and you know, when, when, you, when you're talking about um, <laughs> the impending doom and they're like, well, you know, inflation kind of leveled out. Oh, this is just a calm before the storm. Because if you think if you don't think next year, once once that that calendar ticks over to January and all of a sudden everybody who is spending money for Christmas and holidays, oh, those bills are going to come due. You're going to see some problems. All right, more on this, more on the picture for 2024. We'll do some news. We'll do some sports. I have all coming up. Live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Studio 6B, 17 past the hour on a Tuesday night. We'll get the news with Delgado and David Zier as well. Slick Rick will do some sports. A couple other things I just want to bring to your attention in this piece by Steve McCann today in The American Thinker to think about as we head into 24. Obviously, we see President G arriving in California today. And you think about the world stage. You saw the March for Israel today in Washington, D.C. Think about everything that's going on in the world besides recession here in the U.S. that's 60, 65 percent of uh, economists think there's a probable, uh, you know, that's the percentage they put in a probable recession before September of 2024. Um, but you also have to remember you've got ongoing massive drops in shipping volume around this country. You have record bankruptcies for, uh, and you have uh, big layoffs in some of these big corporations. Uh, you have global and domestic supply chain problems. But the other thing is obviously the international scene. And he says that he believes chaos will continue to reign. It's not a question of, of how much worse. If It's not a question of if it will get worse. It's how much worse it will get in the next 12 months. Imagine, especially after Biden today, a waiver for the $10 billion for Iran. He says it's highly likely that Iran's going to have the capability, if not have, nuclear weapons and a long-range ballistic missile within the next 12 months as Iran will not be confronted or sanctioned by the U.S. under this administration, they will be further emboldened to sow chaos in the Middle East by expanding their support for the terrorist proxies, increasing their influence in Iraq and Syria, and targeting Saudi Arabia. Utilizing their proxies, Iran will continue to isolate and attack Israel, who, thanks to American interference, will not have fully destroyed Hamas or Hezbollah. The Middle East will be more volatile a year from now than it is at present, and the risk of American military involvement will be exponentially higher. The war in Ukraine will be over as it will end in a stalemate with Russia permanently uh, annexing a portion of eastern Ukraine. However, the Biden administration will obligate the citizens of the U.S. to finance the bulk of the rebuilding. 
The Biden administration and Congress will essentially declare Ukraine a de facto American dependent while agreeing to allow Ukraine to join NATO. China will continue to expand throughout the Western Pacific region by isolating Taiwan and continuously provoking America and its allies in the region. They will actively engage in governmental upheavals throughout South and Central America while threatening to cut off trade routes and selectively limiting trade with the U.S. China is convinced that the U.S. is politically incapable of confronting them under the Biden administration while also dealing with the Middle East, Ukraine, and a myriad of economic and societal issues here at home. China will even be more dangerous, more aggressive, uh, and more of an adversary a year from now. Joe Biden will not be the Democrat Party nominee in 2024, Steve McCann says. You two would be interested in this, and you as well, Mr. Zier, because you're on the same train. His high unfavorability stemming from his egregious scandals, his age, his mental, uh, and his overall incompetence will embolden the party hierarchy, hierarchy to convince Biden to drop out of the race in the spring of 2024 and then resign after November 5th, 2024, thus allowing Kamala Harris to serve as the historic first female president of color. The party will nominate someone else who can run on not being responsible for the failures of the Biden administration while making Donald Trump the entire focus of their campaign. We can expect Trump with all likelihood to be found guilty of at least one felony in the January 6th insurrection trial as it's being adjudicated in Washington, D.C. This is just what I've said. This is the tip of the spear, Judge Chutkin, in front of a grossly prejudiced judge and a jury that will no doubt be predominantly made up of anti-Trump voters. The Republican Party and its voters will then be faced with the quandary of sticking with President Trump and his low approval ratings with the American electorate, averaging around 41% from 17 through 21, and an average of 37% from 22 to 23, or replacing him with someone the Democrats cannot so easily demonize. Well, I don't think that's even true. They'll demonize whoever it is if it wasn't him. Uh, but the outcome of the 2024 election will determine the fate of the nation, particularly if the Democrats again control the White House, the Congress, which would be just like unthinkable disaster. So I think he brings up some good points about we got a long 12 months here between now and then. Uh, yeah. yeah, I hear there's a lot more in store for Trump. Uh, that's not good <laughs> coming up. You know, more like per, more persecutions, more, more charges. Yeah, more political persecutions. Everybody thinks that oh, Jack Smith is holding the um, never stop the seditious conspiracy in his back pocket for whenever he needs to drop it. But uh, I guess we'll have to see. So I think Washington. I think Chutkin is the tip of the spear, like the Newt Gingrich call. No, no, you don't understand. You're going to get us a guilty. It's what you're going to do. Yeah, that's what your that's your only job. That is your job. You have one job. Do it. That's what it's You know, be. Damon, on the flip side of what you said, yes, we know there's a long way to go and things, anything could happen, right? And things could get better for Trump or the Republican nominee as we go. Uh, I just wanted to point out that the uh, latest morning consult poll uh, has Trump at the highest level in the last 50 polls at 64% of the uh, presidential nomination. Remember, the primaries are only two months away in two states and almost three months away in South Carolina, it's right around the corner. So um, I do think DeSantis and Haley are going to gain ground on Trump in Iowa and New Hampshire, though. But, yeah, we'll see. But not enough it's to It's hard win. to imagine a scenario, though, that it gets any better for Biden, which is the point. Yeah. Before November of next year.
So, all right, let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Use our code LFS6B when you shop there. Uh, Slick Rick, what's going on? Well, let's recap that Monday night game. Speaking of a scenario that's not going to get any better, Sean McDermott, the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, fires his offensive coordinator as the scapegoat, throws Ken Dorsey under the bus first thing this morning. I think he should go. What a horrible game. One of the worst games I've seen Josh Allen play. Well, they did have a running touchdown. He tossed one as well. But 24-22, the Bills could have walked off the field with a missed field goal right at the end, right? Will Lutz shanked it to the right. No. 12 men on the field. Come on back, guys. Let's kick another. And sure enough, the Denver Broncos, who've now won three in a row. And, uh, well, I don't know. Sean Payton may be onto something. Broncos may be ready to make a move. But I think Vikings take care of business this Sunday. But that's odds makers. We'll get to that later, Big D. But 24-22 in Buffalo. High mark stadium sets a low mark in front of their fans. And not a good game. It was cold in Buffalo. But, boy, a lot colder in that uh, that press box and in that locker room after the game, Big D. Unbelievable. Five and five. Not good. No. Not good. Josh not good. And afterwards, not good. He's not playing well. He's turning the ball over too many times. It's just not, he's not <laughs> running like he usually does. It is not good in Buffalo right now. I heard they had to order a straight jacket for wide receiver Stefan Diggs to get him out see of his there. Brother probably- by the- yeah, did you see his brother's tweet? Trayvon Diggs, yeah, Dallas see- Cowboys cornerback? Yes, did you see uh, his tweet? Injury? I did not. He said, boy, that boy's got to get out of there. Whoa. Yeah, he tweeted that last night after the game. That's some strong words. Uh, Well, I want to get to uh, Dana White really told a uh, sponsor the way to go, but I'll get to that story a little bit later. I thought that was a great story story some of the followers, uh, viewers shared with me. But how about this one? Police arrest man on suspicion of manslaughter and hockey player Adam Johnson's death. Dylan Gwynn of Breitbart. Police in England have arrested Sheffield Steelers player Matt Petgrave on suspicion of manslaughter for the in-game death of former NHL player Adam Johnson last month, the Daily Mail online is reporting. Uh, Johnson was killed after Petgrave skates slashed his neck during a game on October 28th. Of course, we talked about this several times on the show. Medical staff on the scene tried their best to contain the bleeding, but Johnson ultimately died at the hospital. A statement from South Yorkshire Police on Tuesday confirmed the arrest. Uh, detectives have today, Tuesday the 14th of November, arrested a man on suspicion of manslaughter. He remains in police custody at this time. Uh, Adam, aged 29, was seriously injured during a game between Nottingham Panthers and the Sheffield Steelers and was sadly pronounced deceased in the hospital. Detective Chief Superintendent Bex Horsfall says the police had made extensive inquiries and have spoken with specialized experts in the wake of the tragedy. Uh, his aunt went on to talk about how his death was completely senseless. Uh, she understands that these teams do have enforcers. Obviously, she's like a hockey mom, hockey aunt, but uh, this story is going to be something to follow. Uh, however, the young man got a standing ovation from British hockey fans. I'll get to that story uh, later on, Big D, in the night. Thank you. All right, more sports coming up with Slick News. Rick Delgado and David Zier all coming up as well, live from Studio 6B. We're back right after this.
Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour on a Tuesday night. The Crick's doing sports. Aaron and Fran holding it down. As always, David Zier sitting in. Make sure you watch Breaking Point, of course, each and every Saturday morning right here on Real America's Voice. How was uh, Vivek Ramaswamy this morning? I did not have a chance to lock it in as I told everybody else to do. And then I looked up at the clock and it was 10 o'clock and I was late. Um, so I did not see Vivek this morning on the morning show. I hope you all did. Uh, did you see it, Mr. Zier? I didn't catch it. I was uh, on the construction site this morning okay. early. Yeah, I did not have a chance to see it. So yeah, if you did I, I in the audience, let us know how it was. I'll have to go back and watch it tonight when I get home. But um, I know he was on 930 this morning. So, uh, all right, we'll do some sports. We'll do some news. But let's start with the news uh, brought to you by our friends over at 7Cells, 7Cells.com. And here with that is Rick Delgado. What's going on, pal? All right. Well, I, I don't know if I want to jump into a theory or just jump into news. Because I oh, only well, hit, I mean. Well, I hit, I hit upon this story last night just at the end of the show. Hmm. Um, and, of course, it's the, the photos that reveal the cocaine that was found in the White House. Uh-huh. Where they, you know, I think you've seen the pictures by now, the image of the baggie, the little uh, dime bag, I guess they call it. Is that what they call it, David? I don't know. I don't know the lingo I, on the street. I, I'm not up to. Uh, I was going to say, are you going to Zier because you think he knows? <laughs> I, I don't know. How about you, Slick? You you know, your, your days at Studio 54, is that, well, is that how they did it? I'm more of a cocktail drinker. Uh, okay. I don't do any Slick of that definitely stuff. doesn't know. And <laughs> no. Don't even look at me. I can't get involved with that stuff. Well, I can't look at look you. Look in the mirror, pal. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so images of the baggie were released, and, and of course, due to the White House investigation, um, and again, the fa- it was found by the Secret Service. It included images of the bag of white powder that was found in the cubby hole used to store personal belongings near the White House uh, West Executive Entrance in response to a Freedom of Information Act request. The cocaine was found in locker number 50. Again, and I'm getting this story from the Daily Mail. Everybody had it. Uh, and they all showed the same thing, the same picture of the little baggie sitting in uh, cubby, little, cub, cubby number 50. Uh, documents obtained by the Daily Mail also show that the deputy director of the FBI, Paul Abate, was involved in the investigation, which clouded the Biden administration in scandal this summer. Uh, the Secret Service closed the investigation less than two weeks due to a lack of evidence. Uh, the list of suspects had been narrowed down to 500, they said. 500 people that it could have been using one cubby. No way. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but security footage wasn't able to determine the owner as cameras do not face the locker area. Yeah, of course not. Uh, lockers aren't assigned to specific personnel. A source familiar with the setup told Daily Mail, but instead guests can choose a locker to use and then take a key. Now, again, I have a theory. I was going to say, are we getting to a theory? Or yes, a th- we're okay. getting to a theory. <laughs> my theory it's a, it's a is... slow crawl. <laughs> my theory... Well, because, I, I, again, I didn't really get into the details of the story. Yeah, we got to lay the facts out, Slick. Like, f- now yeah, we're going to hit the relax. theory. Set it up. Exactly. It's not, Set it's, it up, and then bam, you hit us with the theory. Time time. It's not like a calendar. You just <laughs> open up, and bam, you see you, see you standing there. Uh, uh, wait, it's 2 a.m. naked hammer fight. calendar had a... Uh, I don't even think it's going to make it through the end of the show tonight, the calendar. I think they're going to be gone. Really? Had yeah. a good first day. Oh. Yeah, we had a we had a good day. Yes. Well, you know what? So go ahead. What's the theory? It's, it's a calendar. It's a gift that keeps on giving the whole year, Clark. Whole year? That's right. It's good for the whole year. I was gonna buy Rick's calendar, but he took a day off. <laughs> 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 I stole that one from Nick. <laughs> Anyhow, so my theory is this. Yeah. And I said it last night, is I think this story being done right now, this picture being released right now, is the cover up. Why? Well, because, again, if you remember, when this story came out, there was a 911 recording that we played. Yes. Where the fire department guy is talking about being 
white substance in the library. Library with yes. the candlestick. Yes, exactly. I remember. Exactly. Um, at no point does this does this article reference the library. The the investigation doesn't talk about the library. It talks about a cubby. Um, now I have two ways of thinking about this. Is the picture, is this a second bag that was found as a result of an investigation, or was this planted? Hey, let's just drop this here, and we'll direct everybody, look, this is where we found it. Don't listen to what your ears told you and what the fire department was talking about that they mentioned to the 911 operator that it was actually in the library where only the, the immediate family would have access to. Let's put it over here where a lot of people are, and we can say, oh, we don't know who did it. Too many people coming back. Right, but we all know who did it. We don't know who did it. Oh, we do. We do. Now, there's also there's also a theory that 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 it was a drop off. Was this was this here in this cubby as a drop off to someone to pick up from the Biden family, which which they talked about in the news as well. Ah. Um, also, the FBI, uh, the Secret Service, with the help of the FBI, no fingerprints could be found on the baggie. Correct. So think about that. Somebody, somebody with gloves. Very they, good. They would have had to have white gloves glove on service in yes. the middle of July. White glove service. Yeah. In the white house. middle of July. Walk into the into this into the White House, the most secure building in the world. Yeah. Uh, where these cubbies are, it's a security area. There's a security desk, as as uh, Dan Bongino pointed out. There's a security desk right there with cameras. They know who who came in and who left that. Of day. course they know. Of course they know. That's the point of this whole thing. Right. So now you've got all this video that they say they can't they can't determine uh, who who actually used this cubby and, and let's face it it's a cubby with a key somebody had to have been assigned the key hey what cubby did you use I use number fifty here's the key of course you, you don't think they're going to sit there and document okay so and so cubby fifty so when they come back they know right but isn't the point of all of this maybe that it's, maybe I'm missing it but isn't the point that we through all of this we know. Whose it was? No, we know because we deduced. Well, they know too, and they they, they know, know. But they're not admitting it. That's that's the thing, right? But they know that we know, right? And they know that we know that they know. But that who's we they? Know. You sound like Ralph right. Crampton. <laughs> <laughs> you know that I know that you. I'm not so, gonna finish the rest. <laughs> no. Back to my theory. My theory: the reason why they're releasing this now is to try and put an end to this story. Why? There could be something else coming down the pike, and they need to clear this clear this from the deck, as they say. I feel like I haven't heard this story, though, like one time in like the last, I don't know how long. It's like not even a story anymore, though, is it? But it just came out again because because of the uh, Freedom yeah. of Information Act. The, Look, pic- it, the picture was released. Yeah, the picture was ah, released. That's okay. the story. This, this okay. is now the quote-unquote proof. See, we told you it was right here. It's in a little baggie. Uh, it's crazy. We, could, we couldn't figure out who it was. Right. Yeah, now it's in but, crack and white. Yeah. Right, but, but, but don't you listen to anything that happened on the 911 call where they talked about the white substance being in a library where only the family accesses. Uh, no, w- this is the story we're going with. Okay. So All right. that's my well, theory. That's a that's um that's your theory, and we'll uh, we'll track it. I think this is uh this is See, just part of the cover up. What would be coming down the pike? Do you think they try to have to end this story now? I don't know, but they do have a uh, they do have a map in the story of showing the first location, pointing out the library, oh. a- and then the West Wing um, location uh, for the lob- for the for where it was quote unquote found. And yeah, you can't make that you can't make that uh can't make that mistake of saying oh I was, uh, just. Called it the wrong place. Okay. Impossible. All right. So very good. There you have it. All right. What else is that's, going on in the news? Uh, that's that's my theory, and I'm I'm sticking to it. Uh, oh, this one's interesting. I'll, I'll bet you are. Uh, excuse me. I said I'll bet you are. I yeah. am. 
uh, since since we like to talk about space, sky watchers and stargazers yeah. might see something new yeah. among the stars and the planets and the galaxies. No, I'm not talking about Slick Rick's new calendar. Uh, two NASA <laughs> astronauts, believe it or not, Jasmine Mogbell and Laurel O'Hara, were conducting the first all-female spacewalk outside the uh, ISS, the International Space Station, on November 2nd when a tool bag slipped. And what do you think happened? They lost the tools. Uh, Morgbell and O'Hara finished their spacewalk after six hours and oh, 42 minutes. I thought Adam minutes. Kinzinger was with them or something like that. You said a tool bag slipped. I thought Kinzinger was <laughs> yeah, with them exactly. or somebody like that. One of their I main misunderstood. Ob- one of their main objectives was to do maintenance on the ISS, working on the station's solar arrays, which tracked the sun and generate electricity to the power station. Thankfully, the tools weren't needed for the rest of the task. According to Mission Control, they analyzed the bag's trajectory and determined that the risk of reconnecting or recontacting the station is low and that the onboard crew and space station are safe with no action required. The two bag, the tool bag, uh, is now inadvertently lost, they said. It, it is a great picture of this tool bag, isn't it? And it, and it does kind of look like Adam, uh, Adam Schiff. Um, the space agency said on its official blog, and the flight controllers were able to spot the bag using external station cameras. You can see this on uh, NewYorkPost.com. The surprisingly bright tool bag is uh, orbiting our planet with a visual magnitude of around 6-plus, according to Earth Sky, meaning that while it may not be able to be seen with the naked eye, curious sky watchers, can watch it with some binoculars, believe it or not. So there you have it. Okay, very good. Leave uh, it to the leave it to the ladies to screw up the job. Is uh, is Harry <laughs> in the chat tonight? <laughs> yeah, he's because in the I is see he? people saying Harry's in the chat. Yes, because people are now saying Damon Harry needs his own show. I mean, just play up. Stop, please stop. 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 Patriot sixty two says Harry should have a show Saturday night with Roseanne Barr. That could work. That ha- could work. Harry should have his own cat. I said that could work, that show. Harry and Roseanne Barr. On Saturday night. They're, they're calling for the Zen Master. Zen Master's in the chat, too. Shout out to the Zen Master. I, I don't think Roseanne... I don't think she had on her bingo card at this point in her career. <laughs> Harry, Harry looks a little like Dan. You know, he could, he could pull off a Dan. <laughs> I don't think she had Harry on the highway... On the old, this is kind of how I'm going to... She doesn't know what she's missing. This is the new venture of my career. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's probably what she was thinking. No. Uh, right. You, you agree? <laughs> yeah, Spending I agree. that time with Harry on the highway might, might force her to careen herself into a, an abutment. Yeah. End I, it all. I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure that's probably what she had in mind. As lovable as Harry is, I don't know that uh, that's what she had. But Harry- Harry's in the chat. Um, demanding his own show. Demanding he, his own show. Now, of course, with Roseanne, which is just... I mean, he'd be a monster with his own show, though. An absolute monster, Harry. Well, yeah, the staff <laughs> would hate him. And I mean, you're, you mean like that? Or you mean like it would be good? It would be good. I think he'd be huge. I think he'd blow up. I really do. Okay. I do. The great right. Harry Oates. Any other, uh, any other news, Delgado? Not right now. I did see that police in Las Vegas have arrested right now eight teenagers... Um, who faced murder charges over the death of Jonathan Lewis Jr., who so was a terrible. 17-year-old white kid who um, about 15 black kids beat up to death in Las Vegas last week. Uh, I was on, I believe, November 1st, Rancho High School. Now, is this a hate crime? Are they going to charge these uh, people as adults and charge them with a hate crime? I don't know. The report says that police in Las Vegas have arrested eight teenagers who now face murder charges. 
over the death of Jonathan Lewis Jr. You know, this happens all the time, and there needs to be an honest conversation in America about black crime and black-on-white crime and black-on-Asian crime and black-on-black crime because it's exponentially higher than the other races, and they got to fix it because these kids in Chicago, New York, L.A., the black kids don't have a chance. I don't know if you saw that birthday party on X with like five-year-olds with, the, five-year-olds with, with the waving the guns around? Yeah. Not the no. nine millimeters I mean, there, whatever they were? It's got to be fixed. It's got to be fixed. Well, it comes, it comes from, uh, you know, it comes from the home. You, if you want to be honest about it, I mean, I don't know if you remember um, Trish Bergen's brother, Sean. Yeah. He lost his gig years ago, about 10 After years ago. After that cop was shot on, in 7-Eleven Park in New Jersey. On News 12 locally because uh, yeah. he said, you know, we have to have a discussion about the uh, the uh, where these kids are coming from and their, yeah. and their home situation. I love yeah. Sean Bergen. Yeah. He was right on the money with that reporting. Good. And, and it cost good. him his job the next <clears throat> yeah. day, I think. That was terrible. The, uh, the home situation, the quote-unquote culture we hear this is all part of, is these five-year-olds waving around nine millimeters listening to, uh, you know, hardcore rap songs about this stuff. And um, that video is dis- one of the more disturbing videos you'll ever see. All right, more news with David Zier and Rick Delgado. Sports with Slick Rick all coming up right after this. chat are siding with Harry yeah. on this show thing. Think they say because uh, Harry's trying to throw me under the bus that somehow I won't allow him. It's not my decision. I mean, Harry's been part of 6B since its inception in 2015. So if he wants to uh, branch out on his own, yeah, I- I'm not going to stop him, right, Slick? He said he's in talks with the Zen master, he just said in the Is chat. He? About a setting up a show for Saturday. Be a Saturday night. There'd be no conflict. David Zier, I saw somebody in there saying, Damon's a ruthless dictator. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Paul Nolan's New World Sausage says I'm a ruthless dictator, Slick. <laughs> I, I, I suffer from that. Stockholm Syndrome. I have grown to life, to Damon. <laughs> Harry and David Zier, I saw that recommendation in there. Would you like to do a, a two-hour show every Let's night with Harry it. Oates? Come on. Yeah, I'm ready. Two hours of Harry hitting on you. Sponsored by uh, Martinis. Sponsored by Dirty Martinis. In West Palm, you do the show. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsored by Dirty Taco and Tequila. <laughs> David Z's all... wife is advocating for that. Yeah, I'm doing that in West Palm all week. You're going to need a lot of that. So, Well, okay, oh, that's man. fine. Um, the audience is with Harry, and I don't blame them. I, You know, Harry's a lovable oh, yeah. character. Right, Slick? Absolutely. As lovable as anyone you'll ever meet, by the way. Yeah. He is. But we've created a monster with this Harry on the highway thing because he literally thinks everywhere he goes now that people are going to recognize him and he's going to yeah. sign autographs. Did he get his shirts? Yeah, well, Yes, he did. Well, no, he didn't get them because he's in West Palm, but okay. I have them. Okay. See? So his shirts are done and I have them. So that, that is out the window now. No more complaining about he, doesn't get, he didn't get a shirt. I got him three. Three? Yeah. Wow. Three shirts I got him. All the same or different? I'm going to bill him for him. I don't think yeah. I'm going to get paid, but I'm going to bill him for him, yes. <laughs> no, never Did he buy a calendar? No, just kidding. going to buy a calendar. No, he didn't. No, no, he didn't request a calendar. Ben Berkwam did. I'm going to send that out to Ben. Oh, Ben, thank you. Um, 
I'll send that out to Ben. So, uh, all right, let's do some news <laughs> uh, with David Zier. We always love as Mr. Zier sits in with us. The, uh, well, you're a regular now on Six P. You're not oh, really yeah. sitting in. You're just you. You decide when you want to be part of the show, and if that's every night, then that's every night, and that's up to you. So, well, how are you? My wife doesn't want me around, so uh, I'm here. So. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's wife does. Join the club. <laughs> what do you think we do this for? <laughs> hey, I'll drink today. Two hours, baby. Two hours of freedom. Don't Come threaten on. me with a good time. Um, so yeah. <laughs> a lot going on. You know, I was going over the primary numbers. You know, Trump didn't really have any opposition in 2020. Uh, only William Weld, who took 9% in Massachusetts and like 0.1% and point to 1% everywhere else. You know, Trump just, you know, had an incredible uh, 2020 primary. The whole country wanted. But if you look at Biden's numbers, um, Bernie Sanders beat him in like three or four states at least um, with, you know, 30, 40% of the vote. Um Biden didn't perform as well as, uh, you know, uh, I don't think Biden was as popular as Trump. So I still don't believe that uh, Biden won. But that's just my opinion. Uh, I wanted to get to um, Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, Fox 13 was reporting this mob of uh, kids. Looks like they were all black. Maybe they were. Maybe weren't. They were all warrant. Uh, I just think it's significant to note because where is that conversation in America? What are we saying to our black youth in America? Um, and and you know, forty people stormed two convenience stores here. They cleaned it out. They stole seventeen thousand dollars in product. Um, you know, the store owners and the managers probably didn't intervene because they didn't want to get killed. You know, um, it gets me so angry. It's really it's really very, very sad statement on uh, society. So where was uh, this again? Uh, that was in Memphis. You know, Memphis has very high crime. Um, so, you know, I uh, just wanted to oh, show yes. that I think it's important for people to see it because uh, there needs to be a serious, like- a very serious conversation out there and um on another note well, there's no i mean there's no no deterrence whatsoever for these kids to not do this what is the deter what are they worried about yeah there are no I consequences know. there's no consequences no. they know they're not going to get confronted they know their parents don't care yeah or maybe they do but they don't care if they if they do or don't they're, they're not going to get confronted by police they're not i mean even if you go as far as to say even if they were to get they know if even if they were to get arrested they're in one in the front door out the back door with there's no consequences even if they do get arrested and the crime to is slap on the wrist at best a crimes against other minorities uh, and mostly in new york city i know i always point this out but 96% of the shootings are against 90 plus percent other black people you know so uh, again, these kids uh, don't have a chance. We need to change the argument. You know, I was arguing with this like liberal, this actor friend of mine. He was in a movie with like Al Pacino or something. I forgot his name. And he was such a liberal. And he was like, we were to arguing about crime. And I said, listen, there's no reason to commit crime ever. You know, uh, my grandparents, our great grandparents came here. They didn't have a safety net and welfare. They had to learn the language. They had to work. They, we have four generations of my family here from Italy and other places, you know, um, that, you know, never committed crime or weren't in prison. Um, and he was like, well, you know, you don't know what it's like to have a hungry child. And it's never an excuse to go out and rob somebody. Right. And like the liberals don't understand that. They always go back to this root cause. And that's the whole problem well, you with what? what they're learning in John no, Jay. Actually, I, th- I think you, you, that's kind of misstating it there is that they don't want to go back to the root cause. 
they want to avoid the root cause because they, they pick up the story, and, and I forget where I've heard this, uh, where they're picking up the argument right in the middle. Well, you don't know what it's like to have a hungry child. Well, how yeah. did you get to that point where you now have a hungry child? What decisions did you make? Go back. That, yeah. that, that have led you to this point where now you're sitting there saying, well, I have to do this because I have a hungry child. Well, what were you doing before this? You, if before you go that back child got hungry, before to— Before that child even showed up, what were you doing— that right. now you find yourself in this situation, chances are they weren't doing anything good or productive or positive. Well, you got it. And you can go back to anybody who's like living on the street, right? We know there's a mental health crisis. We know there aren't facilities and treatment, but you combine drugs with it and it's like recipe for disaster and robbery and everything. But like you said, if you dissected each person individually on the street, or homeless, what decisions did they make in their life? Right. And there comes a point where you can't blame your parents anymore and you got to get your act together, right. you know? And, so and, and, and I don't want to simplify it, but that's pretty much what it is, right? right? But, but when you hear like the AOCs going, oh, well, you know, they're just trying to get bread. They're not getting bread. There's no bread in their hands. Right. They're, they're stealing things that they can either use uh, to make themselves look good, smell good, uh, wear, or, or uh, they can turn around and sell for a profit. Uh, you know, no, I agree. Property. But the root cause was part of the liberals thing in the 80s and 90s and 2000s, you know, that you have to understand why they did it. So there shouldn't be harsh sentences and stuff for a crime. I understand so, that. Yeah. But but when when they're sitting there saying, well, because the child is hungry, uh, you're not at the root cause. You're you're in the middle of the story. Yeah, you're not you're not where, you know, just in you just didn't wake up that day and be like, oh, my God, everybody's hungry. You know, and if you really boil it <laughs> <You> down, <laughs> if you really no. boil it down, you know, I had four kids. I had three kids at 23 and I wasn't wow. making a lot of money. And so when you really boil it down and I know inflation is tough and it's crushing everybody and now it's complicated car insurance and everything and you can't. But, you know, you could eat. You could you could live on rice and beans and you can live on, you know, basic produce and stuff and you don't have to spend a lot of money. No. And think about all the money that gets wasted in society and our pop culture, you know, Nike's and all the other crap. Taylor so, Swift tickets. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, so when you, you you know, nobody wants to ever really look at it and say this is the problem. Let's fix it. There's no more deep dive, except on the conservative right, on yeah. the intellectual, the American spectator, the American thinker. I don't see any of that on the left. What can we do to really fix the problem? Right. Where is the honest conversation? Well, they don't want to have the honest conversation because then they'd have to be honest about it. And that's where, that's where all of a sudden they start looking in the mirror and like, oh, that's the problem. It's me. Yeah. You know? And it's funny, too, because, you know, you talk about, oh, well, how did you get to this point? I, I just did a college tour with two 17-year-old boys, and one of them, um, uh, Connor's best friend, is his big thing was, I want to go to Marshall's. Why do you want to go to Marshall's? Because I don't want to spend a lot of money. And, and this is a kid, these, these kids, you know, they, they live a pretty good life, but the fact that they are sit there and they'll both go to Marshall's and look for stuff that's cheap Hopefully that that you know. Hopefully they're they're headed in the right direction of not wasting things. Yeah, you know, I thought about you meant money. Marshall. I thought you meant Marshall College. You mean Marshall's no, store? The yeah, store. The store. Gotcha. I'm it's thinking just, Marshall's yeah. is cheap. <laughs> they ten point dogs this weekend. <laughs> That's what Dee's thinking. <laughs> What's the over under on that, please? <laughs> All right, we're back. Hour two coming up. Freaking the sports. Come on.
right, hour two live from Studio 6B, 9 p.m. on the East Coast. Real America's Voice. Slick Rick's doing sports. Delgado's doing the news. David's here, sitting in with us as well, doing some news. Aaron and Fran holding it down as always. Glad you're part of the show. Make sure you visit us on all our social media at LFS6B. Give us a follow. Uh, on X, on Getter, on Rumble, YouTube, live from Studio 6B, Facebook as well, LFS6B, pretty much everywhere. And make sure you go over to livefromstudio6b.com, the mothership website where it all happens. All of our news, all of our videos, all of our merch, it's all in one place. Livefromstudio6b.com, you can sign up to be a member absolutely free. Get on the email list, get on the texting list, it's all free over there. It takes just a couple seconds to sign up. Make sure you sign up at livefromstudio6b.com. Uh, lots to get to in an hour or two. We'll try to get to some of your emails, some of your comments as well. Um, your GOP-controlled house in the last 24 hours. Just to just let's just let's just see where. Let's just take um, what do they call it? Let's just take um, take stock. Take stock of All where. Right. Thank you. Thank. Take stock of where we are. In your GOP-controlled house, you uh, we we had eight Republicans, including Ken Buck, that head case, joined with the Democrats in not being able to move impeachment through on the guy who's responsible for our border being a disaster, terrorists coming to the country, fentanyl coming in by the enough to kill tens of millions of people, Alejandro Mayorkas, we couldn't, eight Republicans thought, well, you know, maybe he's not that bad. <laughs> We'll go with the Democrats here. And then you had a clean CR passed where more de <laughs> in the GOP controlled house, you had a clean CR passed to continue government funding at Pelosi levels with no cuts, no border security. You get nothing in return and more Dems voted for it than the GOP did. That is taking stock of where we are with this party right now. The only positive thing is that there is zero money for Ukraine. They took it out of there. There's no money for Israel as well, which means hopefully they'll do it separately, both of them separately, and keep it that way. But because of those two things, you can guarantee the president won't sign it. He probably won't pass the Senate because they don't want that. They want they want that money in there. Yeah, they do. So there's a positive. And they don't want to bifurcate the issues. That's for sure. There's um, nothing there's nothing positive about a clean CR when we're in control of the house. That's capitulation through and through. And you have and, and and you have no let where do you go from here if you're them? Where's Mike Johnson think he's going to get leverage now? He thinks all of a sudden he's going to be a bully after after passing now two clean CRs, one on him, one on McCarthy. The McCarthy one, we were forced to because we waited too long to do anything. Well, where's the leverage coming for now to get border security and all these things? Where? There's none. There's none left. There's no gimmicks. There's no nothing. The GOP is fake opposition. That's what they are. That's what they've always been. Yep. They put up this front of opposition. They talk about things on the peripheral like, oh, yeah, we're going to be, oh, yeah. As I've always told you, in the Senate, it's 90-10 Democrats, and in the House, they're just continually lost. No matter who the speaker is, no matter who's in charge, the Democrats are always winning. And that's just where that's just what it is. I, I just don't know how it ever changes. 
I don't know how it changes. Mike Johnson might as well not even be the speaker at this point because I don't know what he does moving forward. The House Freedom Caucus are the ones who come up with this approach they were going to try to do with this laddering of, um, of spending. And then they put the CR together with the laddering and the Freedom Caucus says, no, no, we're not in on this. They're the ones who proposed it. So, I mean, this is, this is where you are. It's surrender now, surrender always with the GOP. That's all they know how to do. And I don't know where we go from here. Because there's no leverage now for, for them to use on the Dems and the Biden administration. Certainly not as much as we had back in August. We, we all of a sudden think Mike Johnson is going to take us to a government shutdown? When? February and March? Really? Going into the election? Hot and heavy into Super Tuesday? All of a sudden, we're going to grow a pair and say, oh, yeah, we're going to shut the government down? I mean, it's just unexplainable. They never can win a major spending fight. Never. They can never stand strong. They have no principles, certainly no conservative principles. They have no messaging ever. They can never win the messaging debate. And they always fall back to what they always know, which is the continuing CRs, continuing CRs to keep government funding at Pelosi levels. Pelosi levels. The last, so, yeah. Good, good. The last meaningful um, victories for the GOP was in 1994 to 1996, in my mm-hmm. opinion. You know, and, um, you know, they got a balanced budget. They had uh, less spending per capita, but it's always increases. Even if they freeze spending, it still goes up. You know, so I'm not a fan of Congress and I'm not a Republican anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with all the things, as, as we've talked about here on the show for months, through the whole McCarthy thing, and I kept saying there's a very good chance we end up in a worse position, and I got all kinds of caught all kinds of you-know-what for it, and that's fine. But um, I, I don't see that's that how that's not where we're going to end up being. That we, We're going to pass CR, clean CRs with the Dems. We're going to get more Dems to vote for the stuff that we put up than the GOP is going to get votes for. We're going to get nothing in return for giving them the spending that they want. We're not going to get anything on the border. We're not going to get anything on any of the issues plaguing this nation. We're just going to get nothing, and we're just going to continue to fold like a cheap suit. That's basically the playbook for this party, seemingly to me. I just, I, I don't know where we go from here. Anybody got any thoughts on this? I How think, could you? I think you have to give Johnson a little more time. Yeah, give him a little more time. I mean, he walked, into, what? he walked into a situation where, you know, they were under pressure in terms wait, wait. of time. Impeach no, no, Mayorkas, and impeach Garland, and impeach Biden. Right. I mean, well, how, this well, quote-unquote— How's he going to do that? <laughs> I mean, we went for Mayorkas yesterday. We couldn't even get it through. Yeah. Eight people tanked on us. Yeah. But at least they're being exposed. Good. You and know, I hear and Mike Johnson go on something hopefully today. Hopefully they feel it in November of next year. And he says, well, hopefully I think next year we're going to have, we'll have a bipartisan agreement. Like when I hear those words, <laughs> I just want to laugh because how can the goal be to have a bipartisan agreement? What would that look like? It's not going to look like what most conservatives think should be happening. A no. bipartisan agreement. That's the, that's the bar. As a conservative, it looks to me like they're going to do a side deal for money for Ukraine, and that would be very disturbing. Yeah. 
they're more afraid of the of the perception of a government shutdown than they are with the border with the drugs coming across the border with the levels of debt with the levels of deficit with uh what's what with uh with terrorists coming across the border none of that seems to get their ire up except for a choice few who are always the same ones we know who they are as much as they're afraid of the perception to the to the american people of the shutdown part when we, we've been through the shutdown thing how many times 17 percent of the of the actual government shuts down we know how the shutdown works but they they just can't message it they just cannot find someone to message it properly well it's not it's not that they can't message it You've got to fight. You've got to get that message to the media, and the media is not going to share that message, no matter how how well you carve it. They're going to call it what they're going to call it. Oh, the Republicans are shutting down the government. Grandma's going to starve. You're not going to get your. You're not going to get Social Security checks. You, all 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 your services are going to be cut off because of evil Republicans that are pushing us off, uh, Granny off the off the cliff. That's how they play it, and the media of course, plays right along. They're going to sit there and not tell anybody the truth. They're not going to say it's only 17%. Everything goes on. The sky doesn't fall because that's not that's not who they are. It's all stats against to, it's us. It's our job to tell the truth. Right. We don't expect the media. Why is that the excuse when it comes to this with the media? No, I saw not. Mike Johnson on 400 shows in the last five days on every ideological uh, channel he could be on. Yeah. That's not an excuse in my book. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's an excuse. I'm saying that's what the media will do. And unfortunately, when you don't control the media, the mass population, all, all they're going to do is, oh, is the Republicans shutting down? I'm not going to get my money. That's all they're going to see. They're not going to read into it. But they're we not, have all the viewers. They're not, they're not going to. We have all the listeners. We, we have all the viewers. We don't. We actually don't. If Biden still has 30 some odd percent positive, uh, um, you know, approval rating, even with the garbage that he does every single day. No, we don't. MSM, academia, education, you entertainment. Get, exactly. It's being it's controlled all against us. beyond them. It's everywhere. The federal government, like they said back in the early 80s, I forget who it was. As soon as we can get the American people to believe everything we tell them, we'll, we will have total control. They're close. Yeah, I'm just not going to let them <laughs> off the hook that easy. And, it's but, the same not, fecklessness, yeah. same pathetic party that we've all been accustomed to since 2008. And I'm just not going to let them off the hook that I don't easy. put I, faith. I, oh, it's the media. Story. I don't put I don't faith it. in almost any politician, you know, and that's what you got. I, I mean, like maybe, someone said in the chat, you know, it's all about getting reelected. It's all about yeah. raising money, you know, and so. Yeah, that's the problem. Right, because, because these guys are on a two-year window as, as opposed yeah. to four. They kowtow to whoever donates the most. Yeah, oh, senators, table of 10, 10 grand. That's my guy. Senators are... are <laughs> David knows that route, right? He knows that it's story. Not, it's not, you know, all that way, but it's it's very discouraging. I mean, you know, you, you can't have faith in politicians. It's it's why I love Donald Trump. That's why we yep. love Donald Trump, because, yeah. yes, he's a political animal in a way, but he has nothing to lose. And we haven't even talked about the Senate. What goes on over there? I mean, that, oh, that's that's more pathetic it. than that. If it's possible to be more pathetic than the House, it is under Marblemouth's direction over there. He's all for the CR. I saw his tweet this morning. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, we're going to support this. <laughs> yeah, of course he's going to support it. Because if he can help usher the Democrat stuff in for, with them, he's more than happy to do it. That's his two goals in life, Mitch, is to help the Democrats usher through whatever they want, including their spending, and to uh, capsize any true conservative candidate we have around the country. That's his job. Those are the two things he has any interest in doing. Is that it? That's it. 
If he can declare war on his own party, he'll do it. If he can declare war on any true conservative candidates we have around this country, he'll do it. I'm surprised he hasn't come out for Nikki Haley yet. I'm sure that's coming. I'm pro- yeah, he probably will. And and maybe what that's Johnson's talking about, yeah, maybe, probably. maybe what Johnson's talking about when he says bipartisan, he means Republicans and conservatives. <laughs> maybe, he's, maybe he's trying to cobble together that, that group. Yeah, we have so few who are willing to even step into the arena and fight. Tommy Tuberville is a perfect example right now. And look at the, look at where he's getting attacked yeah, from. From his own people. From his own party, he's yeah. getting attacked. No backing. They, they, they have more energy to attack him than they do to attack what he's standing up against. You never hear them put any energy into defending his position in, uh, on the abortion thing in, in the military. No, no, no. They attack him personally. Oh, look what this guy's doing. Controlled opposition and, at best, this party. Pathetic. Tuesday night, Real America's Voice. Let me talk to you about our friends at the Wellness Company. Come on, Slick. We live in dangerous times, pandemics, international insecurity, shortages, supply chain disruptions, and an economy on the brink. We know we can't simply trust the government to protect us. Well, we can't do that at all, not even a little. Now more than ever, everybody needs to be prepared. Being prepared is more than just stockpiling ammo, food, and supplies. Being prepared should also include stockpiling critical prescription medications. And of course, that's where the wellness company comes in. The medical emergency kit contains the prescription antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics that you will need to keep you and your family safe no matter what uh, arises. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID to even a bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand for you and your family to be prepared. This kit could save a life. So go check it out right now, www.twc.health/voice. Check it out today and order. That's www.twc.health/voice and use the promo code VOICE to save an additional 10% on your order. Well, you know, I've been telling you about the EnviroCleanse now, and I keep getting emails from people who have um, taken up this huge 30% off offer, and every single person to a person has said how much uh, that my description of what the first 48 hours is like is right on the money. The air is just crisper. You can tell it's working. It's cleaner. And, of course, it's the home air purifier that's so powerful, the U.S. Navy decided to put put it on board our Navy ships to purify the air there. Now the EnviroCleanse is extending this sale to the Live from Studio 6B listeners. And the timing of this 30% off sale couldn't be better because as we head into cold and flu season, 
Obviously, also the new COVID strain is coming out. Who knows how many more of those we're going to have. EnviroCleanse is, is proven to capture and destroy fluke and COVID viruses in your home. Plus, it'll capture bacteria, toxins, mold, and allergens. EnviroCleanse is how you fight back against the whole family getting sick. In fact, EnviroCleanse is the only home air purifier that promises you and your family better health. And it makes that promise by helping clear your home of cold, flu, and COVID viruses. That's why I have an EnviroCleanse in my home. We also have one here at the studio because it's the new science in home air purification. Don't miss out this 30% off sale. Order your EnviroCleanse home air purifier while supplies last. Visit ekpure.com, ekpure.com, use code AMERICA30. That's ekpure.com, code AMERICA30 for 30% off your EnviroCleanse. Check it out right now. All right, live from Studio 6B, 20 minutes past the hour. Hey, uh, hey, hair. Uh, people are think that you and Roseanne, hey. you and Roseanne <laughs> might be of a, a good show. Do you think Roseanne had on her bingo card a uh, show at Harry on the Highway somewhere in her future? I think when, when Roseanne hit 70, she said, you know what, that guy, Harry, from 6B, I think we should do a show together. Okay. Uh, how are you? I'm How's West Palm? <laughs> All right. Thanks, thanks for calling in there. <laughs> thanks, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What a stunning appearance. <laughs> Delgado, leave Harry alone. My yeah. room in West Palm. Uh, uh, I'm go. just concerned. Are you wearing pants? You don't have to answer that, Harry. I'll be your attorney. Yeah, okay, we, I object, you. Your Honor. Win, lose, or draws. <laughs> I object. How is no uh, pants and Chinese food? I just had Tubin, no. Jeffrey Tubin's no, got wearing. nothing on you. How is <laughs> how is West Palm, Hair? You know what? It, it was great the first uh, day, and it's been rainy today. It's supposed <laughs> to rain again tomorrow, and then the sun comes out on uh, Thursday. So. Well, I, I wasn't looking for the weather with the weather report. <laughs> Thanks again, I was more Harry. asking, like, how's everybody at the West Palm Studio? How's Rav? How's right. the, our friends at the morning show? How's the Zen Master? Like, how is how's everything? Everybody, everybody's great. The team is great. Uh, Dr. G says hello, and she still is waiting for her invitation to come on. I'm thinking Thursday He's night. Full. He's full. No, I'm not. I'm serious. Really waiting for an invitation. She has an open invitation for the last five years. I'll let her know tomorrow morning when I see her. <laughs> okay. But but I'm, I'm thinking Thursday night, if I can get somebody to stay behind with me and work the camera, we may give you a West Palm studio tour going through what the Zen and Zen Junior built, which was it's just amazing. It's an amazing place. Nice. All right. You want to do that in the third hour? <laughs> yeah, think about that. <laughs> I think about that. Yeah, we'll do the third hour, which we're talking about. We should take the show to a third it's, hour. It's, you know, Harry, it's very exciting. Um, the stuff you guys are doing down there is extraordinary. It so. is. It is. We, we're planning some big things for next year and, and even finishing up this year with a big bang, you know, in a good way. You know, okay. a lot of talking uh, about his next Saturday night out, I guess. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> what? You stop, wow. stop picking I mean, on, you're just don't blow his cover. Stop picking, <laughs> you know, stop picking on Harry. You was walked in the into chat the for my own show. Yeah. Paul, Paul, Paul Nolan was in the chat saying, Harry, I, I, I'll help you with your new show. Well, that's I'll, not, I'll, you that's know, not Paul Nolan. Harry, it sure sounds you, like him, though. <laughs> it sure sounds I'll tell like you him. that. That's Paul Nolan's New World Sausage. That's not Paul Nolan. Right. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Paul. Yeah. The way nah, he was guy's talking. fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right, Harry. Well, okay. enjoy the rest of your week in West Palm. Thank you for joining <laughs> us, and good luck with your uh, <laughs> with your own show. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> me and Jen are in some talk. He's going to call his show Bar None. We love you. All right, let's do some sports. 23 oh, past the hour, and here with sports is <laughs> Just... Slick Rick, Rick Amorati. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell. What a riveting appearance. Delgado, you be quiet. Leave Harry alone. That's a good name for this show. Bar None. Let's do some sports, Slick. What's going on? All right, well, I got to get to this story, boy. Good old Dana White. Boy, I can get through this story clean here. But bleep you, Dana White says he cursed UFC sponsor who demanded he remove pro-Trump video from social media. I, I owe uh, 89C Kristen 15 in the chat. She put me hip to this story earlier today uh, with a post. And uh, here we go. Warner Todd Houston, UFC boss Dana White revealed on Tuesday that a sponsor once tried to force him to remove a pro-Donald Trump video from his personal social media. The request apparently did not go well for the sponsor. White made his revelation on episode 470 of Theo Vaughn's this past weekend on November 14th, where he related the uh, shocking story, TMZ noted. Dana White is not the guy to try and tell what to do, and it seems his sponsors may have finally learned that lesson after at least one of them attempted to make White dump a pro-Trump video. I posted a video for Trump right on my personal social media, on my personal social media, and one of our big sponsors called and said, take that down. Know what I said? Go bleep yourself, White exclaimed. <laughs> you vote for whoever you want to vote for, and I'll vote for whoever I want to vote for. That's how this works, he added. I, I don't even uh, care who you vote for. It's none of my bleeping business, but bleep you. Don't ever bleep and call me and tell me who to vote for. White added. We love him. He's just, you know, we got to get him on the show one of these years. Uh, but White has been a Trump stalwart and is clearly not the guy to tell what to do, especially when it comes to good old Daddy T. So I thought that was a great story to hear that. Now, we don't know who the sponsor was. I asked Delgado, did you get any leak on that? But uh, we never found out who that sponsor is. Maybe that'll that'll come out. I'd love to find out who that was. You know who Slick uh, might want to go to the U.S. UFC. Who's that? Is Mark Wayne Mullen. Senator Mark Wayne Mullen. Are you familiar with oh, him? I heard about this. Here's what happened today in yeah. the Senate. Check this out. Wish I could hear it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah me too. This is awesome. I was building my plumbing company. My like he's self-made. Sir, I wish you was in the truck with me when I was building my plumbing company. Myself and my wife was running the office because I sure remember working pretty hard and long hours. Pretends like he's self-made. What a clown. Fraud. Always has been. Always will be. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me. Any place, any time, cowboy. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. You want to run your mouth? We can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, oh, stop it. Is that your Sorry. solution every problem? Oh, no, no. Sit down. Oh, you're a clown. Sit down. Okay. You know, you're okay. a United States senator. Sit Actively. Oh, okay. okay. Sit down, please. Right. Can I respond? Mr. Hold Shepard. it. Hold it. If hold we can't, no, I have the mic. Said. I'm sorry. Who's this is all that he You'll have your time. <laughs> Can I respond? Oh, no, you can't. Oh. This is a hearing. You boys. Stop that. Stop that. This is not on the YouTube. This is not on the YouTube. fights. We have to be on the YouTube to do this. The grumpy old man Muppet. <laughs> All right, 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. 
Let's do some more sports. Uh, Aaron, that's good humming. It sounds nice. Uh, let's do some more sports. <laughs> let's do some more sports. Did she yodel? Yodel. Let's do some more sports. And here with that is uh, Rick Del. Uh, no, not Rick Delgado. No, not Rick Emirati. Oh, Sports Delgado. is brought to you by My Pillow and Mike Lindell. That's what I was trying to think of. What's going on? All right, NBA action. Let's get some quick scores. Yeah, Pacers lead the Sixers 112-109. Sixers looking for their ninth in the row. That's five to go in the fourth. We'll see what happens there. Nets over the Magic 189, seven to go there in the fourth. Also in the fourth, the Thunder beating the Spurs 94 to 70. Pelicans 80-62 over the Mavs in the third, and the Jazz over the Trailblazers 29-19. Finals from earlier tonight. Heat 111-105 over the Charlotte Hornets. And the Hawks down the Pistons 126-120. NHL, Bruins over the Sabres 5-1. Flames lead the Canadians 2-1. Both of those are late third period. Caps over the Golden Knights 1-0. Penguins 4-3 over the Blue Jackets. 41 seconds to go in the third there. 2-0 Predators lead the Ducks in the second. Also in the second, these other two. Blues over the Lightning 2-0. Stars over the Coyotes 2-1. And let me add that to the Jets over the Devils 2-1. One quick story, big D, I want to get to really uh, quite a story. A Colorado hiker missing since August found dead. His dog still alive by his side. This is Paul Boy of Breitbart. And what can only be described as something out of a Jack London novel, a Colorado hiker who went missing in August has been found dead while his dog remained alive by his side. Rich Moore, 71, of Pagosa Springs, went hiking with his dog in Blackhead Peak, a mountain just east of his home, on August 19th, and they never returned. Teos a research and rescue TSR said noted Fox News. Crews were inserted via helicopter just below the mountain peak and moved west in their search for more toward the trailhead where his car was found parked the search uh, and rescue said, despite the ongoing search, more could not be located. Two months had passed before a hunter in the Rio Blanco drainage found his body about two and a half miles east of the peak. His Jack Russell Terrier was still alive and near the body. A cause of death is yet to be determined, TSR member Delinda Van Bryant said, and the area where he w- went missing was so steep they had to be inserted in by a helicopter, she said in a post on TSR's Facebook. He was found two and a half miles east of the mountaintop beneath where he was inserted. According to CBS News, a month prior, a missing 29-year-old hiker was found dead in Los Angeles's Griffith Park with his dog by his side. Family members said it appeared the dog hadn't left his side for two weeks. Wow. Talk about man's best friend. Mm. Unbelievable story. And that's a wrap in sports. Big D, back to you. All right, Slick. Very good. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Use our code LFS6B if you're going to shop there for the holidays. It'll save you great savings, obviously, on all the stuff Lindell has on our page, MyPillow.com slash LFS6B. Use that code at checkout and then send us your receipt, your confirmation email when you get it showing that you used our code. And now you can pick out free merch from live from Studio 6B. If you don't know what I'm talking about, we did a whole article on it. It's on all our social media, and it's over at livefromstudio6b.com to get the directions on how to take advantage of it. Uh, let's do some news. News is brought to you by our friends at 7Cells, 7Cells.com. Same thing, code LFS6B, 20% off. It'll save you a checkout. Uh, Rick Delgado, what's going on? All right. Well, this coming from uh, John Solomon is just the news. Team Trump is taking a victory lap as Michigan dismisses its 14th Amendment cases against his candidacy. 
That's right. The uh, the Democrats are still trying to keep him off the ballot uh, in every state possible. But former President uh, Donald Trump's campaign is celebrating the dismissal of a litany of cases in Michigan, challenging his eligibility to run for president again. Trump has struggled to fend off these challenges to to his appearing on the ballot in multiple states. The litany of challenges have largely asserted that he was ineligible to hold public office under the 14th Amendment for having led an insurrection, even though he's never been uh, actually charged with an insurrection or found guilty of an insurrection uh, on January 6, 2021. He recently notched the win at the Minnesota Supreme Court as well, allowing him to appear on the GOP primary ballot there. Tuesday, the Michigan court dismissed similar challenges to his eligibility, prompting uh, prompting triumphant de- declarations from his campaign. As they, they released in a statement earlier today, the state court in Michigan dismissed the remaining 14th Amendment challenges to President Trump's ballot eligibility for 2024. According to Stephen Chung, his uh, spokesperson, each and every one of these ridiculous cases is lost because they are all unconstitutional left-wing fantasies orchestrated by moneyed allies of the Biden campaign seeking to turn the election over to the courts and deny the American people the right to choose their next president. So apart from uh, Michigan and and Minnesota, Trump is also contending with efforts in Colorado as well. And uh, he also had one in Arizona that was also dismissed. So good news for Team Trump as we uh, march towards 2024. Now, I don't know if you caught this story, uh, but it's again... It it speaks to the the amount of I guess uh, disgusting behavior from the FBI as they're being accused of targeting Trump types. Believe it or not, agents who served in the military now are, are deemed uh, people that should be investigated by the FBI. More whistleblowers stepping up. This coming from the Washington Times and have stepped forward to tell Congress that high ranking FBI officials are targeting agents, specifically former military members for their political beliefs and trying to force them out of the Bureau. A Marine and other military veterans at the FBI have been accused of disloyalty to the U.S. because, get this, they fit the profile of a supporter of former President Donald Trump, according to two disclosures sent to lawmakers on the House Judiciary Committee. The whistleblowers said Jeffrey Veltry, a deputy assistant director at the Bureau's Security Division, and Dana Perkins, assistant section chief, specifically pursued employees who served in the Marine Corps and other military branches. Yes, Marines are now disloyal to the American uh, people and the country because they believe uh, they want to support President Trump. They stripped the agents of security clearances, sidelined them on the job, pushed them towards the exit, according to disclosures. The whistleblowers uh, also said that Mr. Veltri and Ms. Perkins either declared or attempted to declare a particular Marine and other veterans as disloyal to the United States of America. In these cases, there was no indication that any of the individuals had any any affiliation to a foreign power or held any belief against the United States. So uh, other signs, I mean, we've seen the FBI target parents. Uh, we've seen them target uh, people in religious persuasion. If you believe in uh, the right to, uh, you know, uh, right to life, right they to target life. you as well. Uh, now they're going after military members and other people who might be supporters of President Trump. Truly a disturbing trend. Yeah. And for all of that, what do they get? Well, they get a new building. Yeah. Thanks to your opposition party. You talk about things that we should be fighting for in these budget fights instead of passing clean CRs. Uh, you'd have to put them at the top of the list. Our congressman here in the first district. 
uh, oppose the uh, to block the amendment allowing for the money. Would that be Garbarino? I don't know what Garbarino did. He I, may have I, supported it too. I think he did. Yeah. I'm so sure that's did. what we get. That guy's trash. We got to get rid of him. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it's just a disturbing article. If you want to read the read the rest of it, it's in the Washington Times. Um, I'll throw it up on on my Getter page as well if you want to check that out. So. And that's all I got. Yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, we'll do some more news with Rick Delgado. Let's go over to Mr. Zier. Breaking point, 8 a.m. each and every Saturday morning right here on Real America's Voice. What else is uh, going on in your world? Well, just wanted to bring up the Fannie Willis fundraiser tomorrow night and Wednesday. If you want to go support Fannie Willis, it goes up to <laughs> $6,600 a ticket. You know, she's riding this wave with future ambition here. Uh, you know, the Beacon was reporting on this yesterday. I think Pasobic had it on X today. Uh, but it's a high dollar fundraiser, you know, and uh, she's using Trump prosecution to burst, sure. to, to boost her political career. I mean, it's obvious. Um, so that was very disturbing. But even more disturbing was the Biden administration's uh, decision um, to release, um, extend a sanctions waiver, which would free up $10 billion dollars. Uh, to Iran and would allow Iraq to buy $10 billion worth of electricity from power producers in Iran. Um, And uh, that's really disturbing because it rewards Iran once again on the heels of the $6 billion that was freed up, which was previously frozen Iranian oil revenues this past September. Um, And, you know, is the, the Iranian regime has infiltrated the Biden administration. It's apparent, um, you know, and they're using this excuse. Well, we don't want to cripple Iraq and their ability. How about not allowing Iraq to move further, uh, especially under uh, Maqtada, um and, and the, the, you know, the Shia in the south of Iraq um, to build further, stronger relationships with uh, Iran? And uh, it's really crazy. As uh, Mark Levin said today, that this is literally just shocking, um, a shocking decision, even for this administration. Biden and Blinken uh, further arming Iran, and they approved this waiver of sanctions allowing Iraq to buy electricity from the Nazi terrorist regime. They did this while Iran is targeting American soldiers, funding terrorists to slaughter Israeli Jews, and building a nuclear weapon. And they did this on the day that 290,000 people, they estimate, rallied in the national, on the National Mall in support of Israel and against anti-Semitism. The Biden administration um, didn't care. And I saw the State Department, some of the briefing today, and to hear them get questioned about the whole money is fungible thing, they have no I mean, how could you? But there's just no response um, to the argument. <clears throat> Who's the guy we like over there? Matt, um, was he from yeah, AP? Yeah, he's, he's from AP. I forget yeah. his name, though. Yeah, he's fantastic. And they, they just the guy has no answers for him. No answers for him. As Biden and Blinken continue to release billions upon billions of dollars to the Iranian regime. It's just appalling and sickening. And, and we're supposed to believe... You know, uh, we're supposed to believe that. Oh yeah, don't worry, you've you've got our back, Mr. President. I I don't I don't buy it. I I you know what? It, it's just another. I, I said it last night too. I think this is further proof 
that he has bought and paid for. And he can't afford to let any of these people that he's taken money from, him and his family have taken money from over the years for that stuff to get out. Well, just go back to Valerie Jarrett, too, under Obama. Under Obama. Yes. And and remember, keep that name at the front of your your head because Obama is going to get exposed in this. Joe Biden has one way of doing it, and it's always to screw things up. Obama said it himself. Yeah, he'll find a way to what, blank things up. Well, guess what? Um, he's blanking things up pretty good because yeah. this stuff is starting to come out. Whether yeah, they want it to or not. Uh, a friend of mine, Claire Lopez, uh, was in the CIA for many years, and uh, we talked to her all the time, uh, including last night at an Alert America meeting that my family runs, um, and. Her breadth of knowledge on Iran is just extraordinary. And she's maintained that Valerie Jarrett is a paid asset of the Iranian government. You know? I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. You got to listen to Claire. I might have her on Breaking Point this weekend. Uh, I'm going to bring her up to New York for a terrorism symposium up here. Really extraordinary info she's got. All right, we'll do a little more sports. We'll do some We'll do some more news with David Zier. We'll also do some more news with Rick Delgado. A couple of things we'll hit on before we wrap it up for a Tuesday. Live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. We're back. Glad you're in. We're back right after this. And it's good to see that um, seeing a bunch of pushback on this appalling, idiotic stance that Nikki Haley has taken. Blake Masters is the most recent one I see out of Arizona. He says you'd expect to hear this kind of garbage from Biden or Newsom after meeting with Xi from China, not from a Republican presidential candidate talking about their top priorities. Twitter trolls are not a national security threat. Anonymity is a shield from the tyranny of the majority. And uh, I saw Governor DeSantis said something as well about her, as many others have as well. Levin and others have all come out with this Nikki Haley thing saying, I mean, are you kidding me with this? This is a, and she's doubled down on it, I've heard tonight. She went on another show tonight and, um, and also doubled down on this crazy position of hers. Uh, so good to see people coming out against it as it's just idiotic. So it, 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 You know what it sounds like? It sounds like a donor. Donor said, here, this is going to be your position. Okay. How much does it get me? Okay. That's all it is. It has to be. It's, it's too stupid. I thought she was smart, right? You, you would think she was smart. She'd want to connect with people. Oh, let's, let's force everyone to put their real name out there so people know who they are and where they live and where they can find them if they don't like what they say. Oh, that's a good. That's a good idea, Nikki. What else you got? For Just us? look at our Getter chat. Everybody is <laughs> under a pseudonym or an alias. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 
You know, and and as Levin said, you would think with all the evidence, court decisions, congressional hearings demonstrating the federal government's abuses on free speech, you just didn't you just have one tonight? I think you just had another one tonight. Censorship, monitoring, and all the rest. A Republican running for president would have some concern about further empowering the federal government with lists of the names of individuals posting on social media. That should be a national security concern. Uh, that should be a national security concern, even more a constitutional and liberty concern. And every user should be verified. Haley is showing more and more of her true beliefs. Absolutely yeah. right. And how do you verify someone? Well, you have to get personal information from them. Yeah, that's not going to be shared. That can't be hacked. That can't be stolen. She, she, she that is good. The more, the more you find out about this, she's really stupid. I'm sorry, but that's just dumb. Either that or they paid her. This is going to be your position. This is what we'd like. Okay, this is great. It's I not can, a good look going into not. the primary sixty no. days from now. Yeah, she sounds like she's sounds like she's campaigning for the communist vote on the left. Yeah, like they maybe she wants them to like her, and maybe she'll start showing up on MSNBC like, like Christie does. Who in Iowa and New Hampshire, which are all about like don't tread on me right. and, and individual rights and conservatism, you know, in Iowa at least, uh, you know, that's not what they want to hear. We have that they're coming after your social media right. identity. And the left tonight on social media. Well, if Nikki Haley, if Nikki Haley's the um, Republican nominee, she's going to trounce Joe Biden in a landslide. This is what this is what you're seeing on the from the left talking heads tonight. Oh, that's... so that that's how you know how <laughs> idiotic her position is. So, all right, let's do a little more sports news before we wrap it up. We'll start with sports. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and My Pillow. Our code LFS6B. Save you great stuff at checkout. Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, Big D. Well, Padres owner Peter Seidler dies at 63. This was on Larry Brown Sports earlier today. Peter Seidler, the owner and chairman of the San Diego Padres, has died. Padres CEO Eric Grubner shared the news of Seidler's death in a statement on Tuesday. Seidler, who recently turned 63, had been battling an illness for the past several months. His family requested that the exact cause of death remain private. So uh, very unfortunate news for Padres fans. And they're actually in the process of looking for a new manager, which should be named probably sometime right after Thanksgiving. And Aaron Rodgers hints he could make his return after Thanksgiving. This is Michael Gallagher of ESPN. The New York Jets have a divisional matchup with the Miami Dolphins on November 24th, a game that quarterback Aaron Rodgers just may be playing in. During a Tuesday appearance on the Pat McAfee show, his weekly appearance, Rodgers suggested he could return even earlier than the mid-December target date. He gave NBC sideline reporter Melissa Stark during New York's 16-12 loss to the Vegas uh, Raiders on Sunday Night Football. I'm going to be back with the team full-time real soon. Rogers said, that's always been the plan. The plan has been, once we get to Thanksgiving, was to be back there full-time. Rogers told Stark that he has been using an anti-gravity treadmill to limit the amount of pressure on his legs and feet while jogging. He had been working out at 50% of his body weight, but he plans to be up to 75% this week. Big D, you have, a, you have an anti-gravity <laughs> treadmill, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was a good one, Rick. Uh, 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 I guess I'm treading, I'm treading water now. What? Anyway, it's a rapid sports big D. Back to you. See this? You see what I deal with every night? Yeah. All right, Slick Rick, very good. David, shut up. You were laughing too. Um, let's do a little more news. Uh, with uh, Mr. Zier, you said you had something else you wanted to get to? Uh, other than uh, Trump is spending a lot of money uh, in Iowa. Um, he spent $4 million just over the Iowa airwaves from October 1st to November 
14th, really looking to lock it up. And nobody has a ground game like Trump has because it's his third presidential uh, caucus there since 2015. He's got the databases. He's got the pledges. He's going to cover all 1,700 precincts. Um, uh, but, you know, uh, Vivek moved his campaign headquarters to New Hampshire and to Iowa uh, from Ohio. And, and Nikki Haley spending $10 million. Uh, DeSantis is spending another $2 million. Uh, but Trump still has the commanding lead. And um, Nikki his- Haley is spending $10 million specifically to go after DeSantis, though. Yeah. Not yeah. just like general. She's going after it. She's it's all anti DeSantis stuff that she's going to spend this money. Yeah. Kind of. I don't know. Uh, I, you know, she, I, she can't catch Trump. What does that I don't, I don't see that unless something major happens. But I think Trump's ahead. Uh, going to win by double digits there. Put um, my screen up, Aaron, for a second, because we've been talking about her all night and we've been talking about the, the running in 2004. Look at this scoop. Well, what do you know? J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon has been talking privately with GOP presidential candidate Nikki Haley about the global yeah. economy and believes she has the potential to bring the country together. So in one day, you see J.P. Morgan's mm-hmm. Jamie Dimon. You see Ken, Ken Griffin from Citadel. Well, I'm telling you, she's, she is the establishment 2004 candidate for uh, Mitch McConnell is going to throw his weight behind her, I'm sure, too. The full push is going to be on now from the establishment for Nikki Haley. And you know what's so stupid is that she has the super PAC, the SFA fund behind her. She spent $3.7 million in the same time that Trump spent his last $4 million in uh, Iowa. Um, but, you know, DeSantis has never backed down. Uh, PAC has spent nearly $40 million on ads in the presidential cycle so far. Um, but... Haley saying she's the conservative China fears most in Iowa. Meanwhile, Trump got $28 billion for the farmers in Iowa, you know, uh, from China. Uh, you know, so Trump is the candidate uh, to go against China. Yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, Rick Delgado, anything else we haven't touched on in the news tonight? Yeah, real quick. Uh, Pyro Fritz on the chat said, uh, referring to the Nikki Haley thing. Oh, you're great. I'll, I'll use my real name and I can lose my job. Uh, which which is another great point because if your employer doesn't like what you say, guess what? They know you said it. Yep. Amazing. Uh, real quick on this one, as the infighting in the Democrat Democrat Party is uh, getting a little bit personal, his former Obama advisor David Axelrod speaking to CNN about the backlash he got for suggesting that Biden should consider dropping out before the 2024 election. After hearing this, President Biden referred uh, re- reportedly referred to him as a P word that ends with a K uh, for voicing concerns over the president staying in the race. Former President uh, Obama advisor. David Axelrod then doubled down. He made waves earlier this month when he said it may be wise for Biden to drop out of the race. Uh, he says he's been called worse before. He wouldn't be it wouldn't be the first time in his many years of being in politics. And uh, he said, listen, I understand he's irritated because I raise concerns that many Democrats have. And my feeling is either get out or get going. That, uh, but the status quo, the way they're approaching this this uh, campaign, is what worries me. This is not Mitt Romney or John McCain. This is Donald Trump you're fighting. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines who protect us each and every day. Thanks, everybody on the show. David Zia, thank you very much. Aaron and Fran, thank you. 
Most of all, thank you, the live from Studio 6B audience. Slick Rick calendar still available over live from Studio6B.com, but it may not last too much longer. We've only got a certain amount. Go check them out, and we'll see you tomorrow night right here live from Studio 6B.